Hey, Uncommon Leaders, welcome back. This is the Uncommon Leader Podcast, and I'm your host, John Gallagher. Today in this captivating episode of the Uncommon Leader Podcast, join me as I sit down with Rob Tracy, founder at Tracy Athletic Performance Strategies. Rob's journey from being an underperformer to a prominent leader on his championship high school football team has shaped his perspective on the importance of commitment and going the extra mile. Discover key takeaways from our conversation, including Rob's keen observation of how leaders can dedicate themselves to the extra work between meetings, propelling them to success. We also explore Rob's personal practices and disciplines, such as meditation and gratitude journaling, which have been instrumental in maintaining a positive mindset and achieving personal growth. These insights are invaluable for anyone looking to prioritize their health and fitness amidst the challenges of everyday life. So let's get started. Rob Tracy, welcome to the Uncommon Leader Podcast. My friend, it's great to have you on today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, John, and I really appreciate you having me on today. Thank you. Rob, I'm looking forward to the conversation. I've been doing a little bit of homework, and I know that we're going to have a fun conversation on many different fronts. But let's jump right in with you the same way I do all my first-time guests on the Uncommon Leader Podcast, and that's to ask them to tell me a story from your youth that still kind of impacts who you may be as a leader or as a person today. Yeah, I'm going to go way back to high school football. We just came off of a very rough season. So my junior year going into senior year. So I'm a senior now, all my teammates, all my buddies, we're working hard. Two-a-days in the summer, we're having captain's practices, really making sure that we're set. Because this is our last opportunity, really, to kind of make an oppor- like make a mark on school history. And the year before, we were ranked in the states so we were looking to move on and win a state championship but we fell short and we choked on a couple of games where we really needed to win and we missed playoffs so we didn't even make it my junior year and senior year nobody's talking about us not in any newspapers we're just kind of like brushed off pretty much and we start the season off losing two games so now everything is looking really terrible for us Guys are just dragging their heads in practice. They're slacking off in the warm-ups and such. And I pull and right before practice is about to begin, I pull everybody together. And this is kind of something that I didn't really see coming from myself, but I pretty much just kind of like blacked out. Don't remember much, but I remember firing the team up, just getting everybody together and reminding them that it's a long season. And just because where we started doesn't mean where that's where we're going to finish. And I got them together and I amped us all up. And it was kind of one of those moments where I was really proud of myself. And I was like, wow, where did that come from? And I guess the team really appreciated it too, because we really turned our season around and we ended up winning the section and going on to the section section championship. And we won the section championship and went on to state championship on to states. And that's the first time that our school had won a class B championship. So we made our mark on history. We turned our season around and we came together as a team. And that still reflects on me today because it constantly reminding me that where you're currently at isn't where you're going to finish. So just kind of keep pushing and keep moving forward. Rob, I appreciate it. I love that story. I smile about it because it sounds a little bit like something I went through as a junior in football as well, where we lost our first two games and came back. I don't know. Maybe we, maybe we were at the same time. Again, maybe 20 <laughs> years, almost 25 years difference. Don't get me wrong. But 
Well, I remember a guy coming in practice. I remember the story and saying, hey, we still got a chance. We can get to the playoffs and make this work. And we went on that run, made an, and it takes a catalyst like that, Rob. So I appreciate you sharing that story. And my guess is in the space that you work in terms of athletic training and having to fire other people up once in a while who aren't quite getting it done, you've got to use that on a regular basis inside of your workspace. Yeah, you would think that, especially as a strength and conditioning coach is like my background, but I'm not really that rah-rah cheerleader kind of hyping everybody up. I can be a little bit. I get, I do get amped and I do get very high energy in certain situations, but it's a lot for me to kind of pull that through. So that's why it was super surprising back then. And even just at a buddy's wedding a year or two ago, I had some kids on the football team coming up to me, reminding me about that of that situation. And I was like, wow, I was, I was like, I'm still kind of like low-key embarrassed slash proud of the moment, but I wasn't sure of the impact that I had on these other guys too. That's pretty cool that they have that memory as well. Something that yeah. sticks with them. Those are the things. And I, I love playing those over and over again in my mind. They are the things that you can go back to the why in terms of getting things done. Now, Rob, you when I look at your bio and LinkedIn and some of the things that you've done, you've always been in fitness. What got you into fitness and what do you what do you just love about the work that you do? Yeah, I think so fitness really stemmed from from just playing different sports and being an athlete. Growing up, my parents split when I was a pretty young age and I was bouncing around a couple of different schools and in lower grade school. So it was difficult for me to make and keep friends. And then once we finally planted ourselves in in a location, my sister and my mom, that gave me an opportunity to really establish myself on a sports team. But I still was, I was in no shape and I was no position to be a starter or a leader type role on the team. And it was it was very difficult for me to even get through the warm-ups in the beginning of practice. But I noticed that the kids that were in the front of the team that were leading the warm-ups, they happened to also be the leaders on the team. And they were the like the cool kids. Everyone was friends with them and they got to play a lot. So it clicked in my head that if I just keep practicing these warm-ups at home, eventually I'll get to a place where I can be kind of like them. And that's exactly what I did. I had practiced. I was this skinny, fat little dude. I didn't have too many friends, but I was at home. I was doing my jumping jacks. I was doing my planks and push-ups. And eventually I made it up to a, a starting position and then into a leadership role. And I think that's what kind of got me into the fitness world. And then graduating from sports and through college, going from the collegiate team to the club rugby team, to no longer being a part of a team, it was an easy transition for me to stay in the weight room with these sports teams. And I think that's kind of where my coaching of fitness kind of developed. Okay. Did you know that many of the things that I discuss on the Uncommon Leader podcast are subjects that I coach other leaders and organizations on? If you would be interested in having me discuss one-on-one -on -one or group coaching with you or know someone who is looking to move from underperforming to uncommon in their business or life, I would love to chat with you. Click the link in the show notes to set up a free call to discuss how coaching might benefit you and your team. Now, back to the show. Okay. Now, I listened to that, and I think, again, at a young age, that's quite an awareness to have and recognize to be able to understand that if I want to be out in front, if I want to be one of the leaders, then I'm going to have to have the habits that those leaders have. And I'm going to have to work, I've heard it often referred to in the unseen hours to make that happen because it's not just going to happen on the practice field. I got to put in the extra time to make that work. And in life, 
whether that's in fitness, and I know you're looking more on the mindset side and some of the other areas that you're coaching individuals on, it's absolutely something that folks have got to recognize that, you know, the the fitness, the improvement, the disciplines and habits we need to create are not just going to happen by osmosis, but we're going to have to work pretty hard to get that forward. You have written a little bit about and some of your things about that mindset uh, and having that positive mindset or even a, a, an attitude of gratitude. Tell me about some of the practices that help you keep in a in a positive mindset now. Well, right now I'm really into meditation and gratitude journaling. Meditation, I'm not quite as consistent as I was. I was I was using the Headspace app and I was the guided meditation is great for me because it kind of keeps me on track. And I was up to like 180 or 190 days in a row with that. And I just I just feel when I spend the time to practice gratitude, writing things down, and I give myself at least five to 10 minutes of mindful practice, I just feel like things start to turn more towards my favor. A lot of my friends refer to me as one of the luckiest people alive. And I think it's just the attitude and outlook that I have on a lot of different things. I'm always looking for opportunities and looking for the silver lining, essentially. Like about a month ago, I was traveling down to Georgia for a speaker school, actually. And beginning of May, I just started the step challenge with a lot of my online clients. And it was just to strum up some extra activity to bring awareness about how many steps you're getting in the day. And I was nervous because the challenge had just started and I'm traveling and I was going to be locked down for a two-day workshop, not able to get my steps in. And my flight Friday night is a little delayed. I get there late to the airport. They don't have any rental cars for me. So I'm stranded. I call an Uber. It's about 45 minutes away. So now I'm all bummed out. I'm like, oh, great. Now I'm going to have to Uber to the event and from both every day. It's going to cost me a little extra money, but it's okay. I'll live with it. So the next morning, I had to be at the event at 8 a.m. I go down for breakfast at 7. I'm looking for Ubers. There are no Ubers around 7 a.m. in where I was in Georgia. So I looked it up real quick. It was about a 45-minute walk. So I was like, you know what? Look at this. I can walk there. I can get my steps in, and I'll maybe be a few minutes late to the workshop. So I grabbed my backpack. I'm all dressed up. I hike it out there, make that 45-minute walk. I showed up. I was like three or four minutes late, but I felt like I had a great story I had to share with everybody, and it made everything worth a lot while. So. Absolutely. Making the best of it, no doubt about it. I would imagine going to that that school in terms of learning presentation skills, they talk to you, you got to have a story. <laughs> and who, you know, what better story than to have that that you had to overcome and the things that you had to do to make that happen. Rob, what, what about on the training side for you right now? Not, not on training others yet, but how does a trainer train? So how do you keep your physical self up? What are some of the habits that you've put in place to ensure that you can do that in the space that you're working? It's well, number one, it's going to be accountability. So I hold myself accountable by sharing so much with my clients and friends and things like that. And specifically depends on like, for example, right now I'm getting ready for vacation. So my training does change a little bit for vacation planning. It tailors a little bit, but it's was really just making sure that I get it in. And we all have busy schedules and even though I'm in the gym many hours of the day, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm working on my own body and my own training. 
So committing to at least getting something done. I try to prioritize my workouts to get the most important things done in the beginning. So if I'm short on time, I get the most important things done. And then if I need, if I have some extra spare time, I can get some accessory things done. And at least getting the ball moving is better than no workout in total. Rob, it's a challenge. I, I got to believe it's a challenge. I mean, even as as leaders, whether it's in business or whatever space that we're in, it's hard for us to, hard for me at times to prioritize that fitness, that health side as much as I need to. I get caught up in the day-to-day grind. I get caught up in the business and needing to make sure that things need to happen. How do you help your clients in that space? How do you help your clients when they say something to you like, well, I don't have the time to get my workout in, or I don't have the time to cook my food that I need to? What are some of the things that you suggest to them to help them overcome that? I I try to bring it like back to awareness. Looking at everything as a big picture is, okay, every day slammed. Is there somewhere that we can kind of squeeze in a little bit of something? Is there somewhere we can move something around or maybe wake up a little bit earlier or go to sleep a little bit later? It's bringing the awareness to the whole calendar, the whole thing, not just the one day or the one hour. Where can we set up safe fails in case if something does pop up and we can't get to our scheduled workout time? Can we have a backup plan for something else? So bringing the awareness to the clients and and together figuring it out. And that really helps us kind of lock down a plan and a plan B in case the plan A doesn't always work out. Because I have something as a backup as well if it doesn't work out. Rob, yeah. I appreciate that. When we think about that in coaching others, I know when I had a personal trainer uh, that was a one-on-one personal trainer with me uh, a couple of different times in my life that they have a positive impact, not just in my fitness, but in other areas of my life. And it, it's because it's so important. Do you have a, a story that you're you know, proud of from a success standpoint with a client that you'd be willing to share in terms of helping them to to overcome challenges and bring them into a new space? You don't share any names or anything like that, but do you have a, a situation with a client that you helped them out? Yeah, actually. I good client of mine, great guy. He's he's he had a recent back injury. So he had gone through this spinal fusion surgery. And he was going through the surgery because he was looking to alleviate some pain and issues that he had going on. But unfortunately, what it ended up doing was immobilizing him. And still, he was stuck in a lot of pain physically and emotionally, too, because he was unable to travel with his family and enjoy quality time with the kids and such. And he had scheduled a second surgery to kind of help fix that first one. And right around this time, we had started working together. We had addressed some nutrition and some training goals. And we really made a commitment to strength training three times a week. And then the other four days a week, he would commit to doing his stretching and mobility routines. And this was on him, but he had committed to this. So this was his homework for us together. But he had stuck with it for so well for so long that he decided that he was going to cancel that second back surgery. And after about eight months or so, we were deadlifting almost 400 pounds. He was squatting in the 275 range and he was really pushing to get to that 225 on the bench. And this guy, this guy was 65 years old too. Mm. So he was, he was a tank. Wow. That's a fantastic story. And to help him overcome that and some of the you know, active and again, not having to do the second surgery. It's amazing what our bodies will be able to do in terms of heal if we take the discipline and and make those things happen. 
Rob, I've, I've done a little bit of reading and I know that in being able to do that in person is sometimes more powerful, but also more challenging in terms of scale and things like that, being able to impact others. Also, what's really changed things in the in the world of coaching or gyms or however you want to look at is COVID has a big change in terms of others. And you were in the business both before and after. How has COVID, but how have you changed your business model you know, going forward with regards to face-to-face and moved into more of a, an online type training program? How's that impacted you and how have you done it? Yeah, it's it's definitely has impacted a lot of people. And for me specifically, it's really shifted the idea of I was because it was always all about the fitness training and the nutrition. It was just those two aspects. And this really brought in the net the ne- the real big thing, which is the accountability and making sure to hold people to what they're going to be doing. Because of that, it I've shifted a lot of my in-person coaching to a hybrid. So now my business is mostly just remote coaching, so distance online training and hybrid style. So now when I am working with people, it's not so much just one or two or three sessions per week, but it's X, Y, and Z amount of training per week. So whether or not I'm with you, you're still you're still committing to a pr- training program. Just like my client I was just telling you about where we had three or four strength training sessions, but he still had the rest of the days of the week doing his mobility and stretching. That's really where I'm seeing a lot of results with my clients is helping them stay accountable to themselves and really getting done what needs to be done in order to get to where they want to be. Well, I could imagine there's too many because there's several clients. And again, whether this is coaching or in fitness or wherever it works, when they're in front of you, there's a lot of accountability there, no doubt about it. But it's those that you can change their mindset that when they're not with you and they can do their homework that they need to do to make a difference because we know transformation, whether it's in fitness or whether it's in business, whether it's in our faith journey, whatever that is, is not going to happen just when you're in that one hour of training on a Wednesday and a Friday that is going on, that it's a lifestyle change that must occur. Diets are seen as stressful for folks right now. I mean, there's so many different things that are going on, whether you go keto, carnivore, I don't know, all the other ones that are out there, intermittent fasting and all the other ones that exist. What are some basic simple, uh, if it is, nutrition principles that you could offer to listeners of podcast to say, how do you get started? Where, where do you start? I'm, I'm going to bring it right back to the awareness. It's where are you at right now and, and what can we change? What can we change or what are we willing to change? When you throw so many restrictive diets at people, it's, it is very stressful and it can be a lot and it can be very overwhelming. So just starting with looking at where you're currently at and maybe changing one or two things, I like to try to help clients build their own menu. So when you go into a restaurant and you sit down, they have a menu of different foods that you can choose from. So if if I can help some of my clients start to create a menu for themselves, then they have different foods and choices that they know that that will help get them to where they want to go. I don't tell them that this is strictly just what they have to eat. But I try to work with them. So if someone really enjoys eating pizza and ice cream and they and that's something that they absolutely cannot give up in their diet, now it's now it's on me to kind of help with work with them to try to figure out how can we make those food items a little bit better to help us get to our get to our goals and where we want to go. Love that. One of the things that my trainer took me through, I'll never forget that I had plateaued with some late loss and she got, I got to a point of three months of the same weight. And she's, I'm like, what's happening? I'm still exercising just as hard. And she says, well, what are you eating? And I started to take her through what I was eating. She says, okay, now you've graduated to the next level. So let's talk about nutrition. 
And so stop eating French fries became my hashtag for a little while in terms of just changing one item, not not changing too much at one time. That was what was big for me is changing something small. And even pizza and ice cream, to your point, if you got to have it, it's okay. But if you're eating it five days a week, maybe you can reduce that down to two days a week, just like yeah. some of those those bad habits that come into play. Speaking of habits, I know that's something you talk about a lot as well, and you stack them both on yourself and others. Tell me about some of the ways you've been able to to learn and to grow so that you can transfer that to your clients in the in the in the space of habit development, personal development for them. Well, it's always have, it's starting with that growth mindset. So, looking for bringing back to awareness again, where are you at with everything that you have? If you can kind of break yourself into different categories for like fitness, nutrition, reading, all these different things, where can you kind of look to see for a little bit of an improvement? So, are like are you reading? What are you consuming on a daily basis, media and meals wise? So, mm-hmm. in media, are you just watching Netflix 24-7? Are you reading any kind of books? Are you listening to productive podcasts such as this one that can be extreme helpful? If not, how can you start to sprinkle some of that in? And then again, don't have to take the whole burger down at once, just one bite at a time. Maybe start listening to one podcast or join one of these different challenges. It seems like a lot of different challenges nowadays are requiring people to start reading a couple pages a day of a book, which is mm-hmm. great. Uh, just kind of start stacking these things up and then anchor them to something that you're already doing. So again, I'm going to go back to the awareness thing. What kind of habits do you typically see yourself doing on a routinely basis? Brushing your teeth, getting ready for bed, shower. These are great anchors that I like to use with my clients to introduce some of these personal development type things. Maybe as you're getting ready for bed, you brush your teeth and before you bring your clothes out for tomorrow, can you sit down and read for 10 minutes? Or can you write down your goals for the next day or week or whatever it might be? Really anchoring these habits to the current habits that you have helps you kind of build those new ones that you're looking to instill. Great. That's fantastic. Stacking those habits up. I appreciate that as you talk your way through it. And I'm hearing a definite theme, Rob, in terms of what you're going through. Awareness and accountability, no doubt about it, that are two big topics that you're you're going to be taking your clients through. No doubt about it. What are your current goals, Rob? What's ne- what's next for Rob Tracy in terms of what's going on with you? I'm really looking to develop the speaking career and bring that to the next level. So I'm looking to get on more stages and it's really pushing me to get a little more out of my comfort zone. So that's one. Another one is I'm, I'm take, I took Spanish in high school and I have kind of fallen off with it since then. So one of the habits that I'm currently working on is using the Duolingo app and sticking with it. So I'm pretty proud. I'm up to 257 days in a row with the app. Uh, I'm still not not very good with Spanish, but I'm better than I was 257 days ago. So love that. I have that's, that's my other son. He's trying to learn Spanish as well in terms of going through that. So I think I don't know if he's using the same app or not. I'm going to follow up with him to see mm-hmm. and learning. You know, a habit just again. Learning a new skill like that can be pretty important. Now, moving into the speaking space absolutely can be a little bit nerve-wracking. It's definitely a change. Again, you have to be a speaker when you're in the fitness space. You got to be comfortable being in front of folks one-on-one. You put yourself in front of of a big group, making that happen, that changes things up a little bit. So I wish you the best in that. Hey, let me ask, speaking of being in front of groups, though, I, I did learn this when I was doing a little bit of research getting ready, that you may have a unique nutrition habit 
that others wouldn't think a, a personal trainer that is in the physical shape that you're in would be there. So tell me a little bit about something folks wouldn't know about you in terms of a unique nutrition habit you have. Um, well, I think I kind of, I feel like you kind of lead in towards the meatball eating champion. I am. I'm, I learned about that. Absolutely. The meatball eating champion. Absolutely. Tell me about this. Yeah. So it started off as a kind of as a little competitive spirit with a couple of my friends. They had seen that one of the local restaurants that has a great meatballs, they were hosting a meatball eating competition. So I signed up because a couple of buddies were also signed up just to come game day to find out that my buddies had forgot to sign up. So there I am signed up by myself. Now I'm a little nervous about the situation. So I, I get a good workout in and I'm trying to carouse a crowd together. So I'm not the only person there. I end up getting a couple of people to come cheer me on. And there's about 30 or so competitors and we're all in like a horseshoe type setting. And they're bringing the meatballs out. And I'm towards the end of the horseshoe. So my meatballs are steaming hot. And they're in, they give you a bowl of 50 of them. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. And as soon as it goes, I start popping them into my mouth and I'm chewing them up. But they're so hot. And as I get lower into the bowl, they're even hotter because they're not, they're not unable to kind of cool off. So my buddies are behind me. They're cheering me on. They're counting every meatball that I'm knocking down. So I come up, I'm thinking on my feet and I come up with this great idea that I'm going to put the meatballs out onto a plate so they can kind of cool off. And I create this like mini conveyor belt system. So hot meatballs go to the plate, cool meatballs go to my mouth, mouth chew, they go to my stomach and so on. So now I'm knocking them down. And I just guess I ate more than everybody else. So it turned out to be a great opportunity. A great opportunity. Uh, how does one feel after winning a meatball eating championship? I mean, exciting, no doubt. I'm sure your buddies were cheering you on, but then what? <laughs> oh, I was, I mean, I felt pretty good. It was, it was a five minute competition. So I knew if I just ate as many as I could really quick, I would, I would be able to get more down before I started feeling full. Uh, so as soon as the competition kind of ended, I was playfully, I was eating some from the guys next to me to kind of mess with him a little bit. And then I taunted the crowd and I ordered a meatball pizza. And no, goodness gracious. That is awesome. Hey, thanks for sharing that story. I was just curious. And <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's probably not one of your nutrition tips with your clients that you go through on a regular basis. <laughs> All right. We're, we're coming up. I want to respect your time. We're coming up on time. This time has flown through, no doubt about it. I want to ask you a quick, a few fun questions from a training standpoint, a little, uh, let's say overrated, underrated. Okay. And I'll give you a topic and you tell me whether it's overrated or underrated. We'll, we'll start off with an easy one. Intermittent fasting, is that overrated or underrated? In terms of weight loss, I think it's considered underrated. The I like I don't I don't tell a lot of my clients that they need to be following it, but I do express that they should at least try it. And not necessarily from the nutrition, but again for the awareness, because it, it builds that, okay, I'm a little hungry, I'm feeling the sensation of what hunger is, and I'm okay. Because I feel like a lot of people once they start getting hungry, they freak out. They need to eat. Otherwise, they get cranky and upset and irritable. But it's okay. Like We're going to survive. We're going to live experiencing a little bit of hunger. Now, I'm not saying people, they should go and starve themselves for long periods of time. But just being aware of like, okay, I told myself I'd eat in this window. I can push it off for another 45 minutes until I get to my window in which I said I was going to eat. I'm going to survive. And it's okay to experience these feelings of hunger every once in a while. 
Okay. Underrated then. I appreciate that. Let's go with this. Overrated or underrated will stay on the topic of nutrition. Cheat meals. I'm going to say... Not including meatballs. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say overrated because I don't... I'm I'm not a big fan of super restrictive dieting, so I believe that you should you should enjoy your meals, and it shouldn't be it shouldn't be a reward at the end of the tunnel. You should you should develop a better relationship with food as a whole, and if you're feeling something, I feel like you should be able to allocate some time and make sure that you plan for it. Just putting it at the end of the week sometimes can also strum up some bad habits, maybe mm. overeating during the cheat meals. But having a better relationship with food allows you to kind of have that that freedom to eat and enjoy the things that you like. Love that. Love that. Appreciate that, Rob, as you go forward. Overrated or underrated burpees as an exercise? Oh, I'm I'm gonna say overrated. I'm I'm not a fan of burpees. I think people, I think they've definitely amped them up to be something crazy. I mean, they d definitely have a time and place. I feel like every exercise and modality has its specific time and place for training, but I feel like, I, I feel like they're definitely overrated of an exercise. All righty. Okay. I'm going to tell my trainer that because she used to give me <laughs> way too many of them. All right. Let's get, let me finish this up, Rob, with a normal question that we come forward. First thing though, how do folks learn more or stay in touch with you, Rob, to get to stay in touch, connect with you? Yeah, the easiest way would be on Instagram or any of the social medias. It's just my name, Rob Tracy, all one word on Instagram. And you can just search me on LinkedIn and Facebook as well. It's easy to find me. Great. I will put the links to those platforms in the show notes so that folks can get in touch with that. I encourage them to. I follow you on all those platforms and you put some informative stuff out there. So I appreciate, Rob, that you invested the time with the listeners, the Uncommon Leader podcast. It's been fun. I will ask you the same final question that I ask others in terms of finishing up the podcast. I'm going to give you a billboard anywhere you want to. You can put it up anywhere you want to for millions of people to see. My question is, or two questions, what do you put on that billboard and, and why do you put that on there? Yeah, I'm I'm going to have to go with slow down, pay attention, and look where you are. I feel like that can pretty much go anywhere and relate to any kind of situation you're in. So it's just back to the awareness thing. You just got to slow down, pay attention to what's going on and look around where you're at and where you've come from and where you're going. Love that. Rob, again, thank you so much for adding value to the listeners this week. I wish you the best as you go on your journey into your speaking career and in your Spanish speaking as well. So best wishes to you, okay? Thank you so much, John. Absolutely. Well, that's all for today's episode of the Uncommon Leader Podcast. Thanks for listening in. Please take just a minute to share this podcast with that someone you know that you thought of when you heard this episode. One of the most valuable things you can do is to rate the podcast and leave a review. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, or you can rate the podcast on Spotify or any other platform you listen. Until next time, go and grow champions.